Chapter One, Episode the Second of Tartarin of Tarascon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tartarin of Tarascon by Alphonse Daudet, Episode the Second. Among the Turks. Chapter One. The Passage. The Five Positions of the Fez. The third evening out, mercy upon us. Joyful would I be, my dear readers, if I were a painter, a great artist, I mean, in order to set under your eyes at the head of this second episode the various positions taken by Tartarin's red cap in the three days' passage it made on board of the Zouave between France and Algeria. First would I show you it at the steaming out upon deck, arrogant and heroic as it was, forming a glory round that handsome Tarasconian head. Next would I show you it at the harbour-mouth, when the bark began to caper upon the waves. I would depict it for you all of a quake in astonishment, and as though already experiencing the preliminary qualms of seasickness. Then in the gulf of the lion, proportionably to the nearing the open sea where the white caps heaved harder, I would make you behold it wrestling with the tempest, and standing on end upon the hero's cranium with its mighty mane of blue wool bristling out in the spray and breeze. Position fourth, at six in the afternoon, with the Corsican coast in view, the unfortunate Chechia hangs over the ship's side and lamentably stares down as though to plumb the depths of ocean. Finally, and lastly, the fifth position, at the back of a narrow stateroom, in a box-bed so small it seemed one drawer in a nest of them, something shapeless rolled on the pillow with moans of desolation. This was the fez, the fez so defiant at the sailing, now reduced to the vulgar condition of a nightcap and pulled down over the very ears of the head of a pallid and convulsed sufferer. How the people of Tarascon would have kicked themselves for having constrained the great Tartarin to leave home! If they had but seen him stretched in the bunk, in the dull, wan gleam through the dead light, amid the sickly odour of cooking and wet wood, the heart-heaving perfume of mail-boats, if they had but heard him gurgle at every turn of the screw, wail for tea every five minutes, and swear at the steward in a childish treble. On my word of honour as a story-teller, the poor Turk would have made a pasteboard dummy pity him. Suddenly, overcome by the nausea, the hapless victim had not even the power to undo the Algerian girdle-cloth, or lay aside his armoury. The lumpy-handled hunting-sword pounded his ribs, and the leather revolver-case made his thigh raw. To finish him arose the taunts of Sancho Tartarin, who never ceased to groan and inveigh. "'Well, for the biggest kind of imbecile, you are the finest specimen. I told you truly how it would be. Ta! You were bound to go to Africa, of course. Well, old Merriman, now you are going to Africa. How do you like it?' The cruelest part of it— was that from the retreat where he was moaning, the hapless invalid could hear the passengers in the grand saloon laughing, munching, singing, and playing at cards. On board the Zouave, the company was as jolly as numerous, composed of officers going back to join their regiments, ladies from the Marseille Alcazar Music Hall, strolling players, a rich Mussulman returning from Mecca, and a very jocular Montenegrin prince, who favoured them with imitations of the low comedians of Paris. Not one of these jokers felt the seasickness, and their time was passed in quaffing champagne with the steamer-captain, a good fat-born Marseillais, 
who had a wife and family as well at Algiers as at home, and who answered to the merry name of Barbassou. Tartarin of Tarascon hated this pack of wretches. Their mirthfulness deepened his ales. At length, on the third afternoon, there was such an extraordinary hullabaloo on the deck that our hero was roused out of his long torpor. The ship's bell was ringing, and the seamen's heavy boots ran over the planks. "'Go ahead! Stop her! Turn astern!' barked the hoarse voice of Captain Barbassou, and then, "'Stop her dead!' There was an abrupt check of movement, a shock, and no more, save the silent rolling of the boat from side to side like a balloon in the air. This strange stillness alarmed the Tarasconian. "'Heaven have mercy upon us!' he yelled in a terrifying voice, as, recovering his strength by magic, he bounded out of his berth and rushed upon deck with his arsenal. End of chapter 1 of episode the 2nd